Good morning, brothers and sisters. This is the day that the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. I am Mark Hedegar, and I'm blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at Stratford Salisbury Center in Middleville United Methodist Churches, where we expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate those miracles together. I have uh, several announcements this morning. Um, the first one, I think, is the big one. Uh, it's with a saddened heart that I announce that we're going to go on pause in Middleville and Salisbury Center churches. Um, Stratford has elected to stay open. The numbers are high. Families have been affected within the churches. Um, there's a lot of people that are vulnerable uh, to this virus. And so we've, we've said all along that this virus is real. We will not downplay it. We will not make light of it, um, but just like any virus, we're all going to be exposed to it at one time or another, and we are certainly being exposed to it. So um, that being said, I would like to remind everybody there's no shaming, there's no judging. Um, we all have our comfort zones, and we need to respect those boundaries. So please do not judge those that have closed. Do not judge those that have remained opened. Uh, we do have faith in God, we have faith in His will, and we know that He has a plan for all of this. So, um, until the 7th of February, Middleville and Salisbury Center will be on pause. So please, just keep everybody in prayer. Um, Stratford will continue to monitor, and if the numbers grow, um, or if we get direction from our our bishop, um, We'll, we'll assess again. So that being said, um, I'm going to miss everybody, but I'm here. I am a phone call away. You have my cell phone number, my email address. So if you need prayer or just company, um, please call me. All right. So the next thing is I would like to just give a shout out to my sister Sherry and say happy birthday. Um, she is my only sister, and most of you have heard me tell a story that she was my uh, Sunday school teacher when we were growing up and uh, played a, a large part in my learning of the Bible when I was uh, very young. And she continues to give me advice. And uh, I love you, sis. I hope you have a beautiful day. I would also like to thank everybody for the the gifts, the cards, the food, the, the money. Um, <clears throat> just blessing my wife and I over this Christmas holiday. So I thank you. I thank you so much. This morning's memory verse comes from John thirteen thirty five. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Let us pray. <clears throat> Blessed are you, sovereign God of all. To you be praise and glory forever. In your tender compassion, the dawn from on high is breaking upon us to dispel the lingering shadows of night. As we look for your coming among us this day, open our eyes to behold your presence. Strengthen our hands to do your will, that the world may rejoice and give you praise. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessed be God forever. The night has passed and the day lies open before us. Let us pray with one heart and mind. As we rejoice in the gift of this new day, 
So may the light of your presence, O God, set our hearts on fire with love for you now and forever. Amen. Amen. Please join me with a call to worship. As the days of Advent hasten on and we draw nearer to the day of Christ's coming, let us pray with fervent hearts for the needs of the world. Come, Lord Jesus, and do not tarry. Lord Christ, in joy and anticipation, we await your coming with lamps lighted and hearts aglow with faith. Come now and illumine the whole universe. All creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. Come soon and save those who wait in darkness. The suffering and the poor look to you for their hope. Come and raise us to glory in your presence. The troubled and oppressed have nowhere to turn but to you. Come quickly and banish the powers of evil and darkness around us. The sick and weary, the dying and fainted-hearted cry out in their despair. Come and bring us eternal wholeness and health. Even the martyrs and the blessed dead make their plea. Oh, Lord, how long? Come now and give us eternal life. The Spirit and the church cry out, Come, Lord Jesus. All those who await your appearance pray, Come, Lord Jesus. The whole creation pleads, Come, Lord Jesus. Hearken to the prayers of your servants, Lord Jesus. By the sign of the manger of Bethlehem, Give us hope in the promise of your return. Come quickly, Lord, and bring us to the joys of heaven, where we will praise you with the Father and the Holy Spirit forever and ever. Amen. This morning, uh, the lighting of the Advent wreath will be the uh, candle of love. And I will read uh, what they'll be reading. I'm in in service. David was 30 years old when he became king of Israel, and he reigned for 40 years. Now, David wasn't perfect, but he put his trust in God and served him well. And God blessed King David, and Israel flourished during his reign. After God had given him success against his enemies, a palace was built for this great king of Israel. When the palace was finished and David was settled in his new home, he called for Nathan the prophet and said, It is not right that I am living in a palace of cedar while the house of God remains in a tent. David wanted to build a temple for God to take the place of the tent that had served as God's home for many years. That night God came to Nathan with a word for David. God would have a temple as David wanted, but it would not be built by David. But that wasn't all that God wanted David to hear that night. God wanted David to hear these words. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture and from following the flock to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great, and I will provide a place for my people Israel, and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you, When your days are over and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you. I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build the house for me, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Imagine, 
becoming a human was not a twist of fate or a punishment from a higher being. It was a choice. God chose to give up everything to become nothing. God made a covenant of love with David that day, a covenant in which God promised never to take his love away from David or from his offspring. The line of David would remain on the throne of Israel forever. You see, from the line of King David would come the king of all kings. The king would save God's people, not just for a time, but forever. God's love is so much more than our own, and we celebrate that today as we remember how he sent his son, a king in heaven, to earth to be with us. What love. <clears throat> Excuse me. This morning's lady scripture comes from 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part. Then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. And the greatest of these is love. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Lord, we recognize your power and authority, and for this reason we honor, praise, and glorify your name. You have the power to cast out demons, to mend the brokenhearted, to cause the wind to be still. Lord, we come to you today and declare the words you spoke to the centurion. Go. Let it be done for you as you have believed. Father, we believe in your healing power and we stand on your word and declare healing this very moment. Healing for the sick. Healing for the brokenhearted. Healing for those that are lonely. Healing for those that are filled with fear and anxiety. Healing for those that have been diagnosed with COVID. 
Healing for a nation at war within its own borders. Healing for the poor in spirit. Healing for those who are facing Christmas without a loved one for the first time or the hundredth time. Dear Father, we call upon your name and we intercede on behalf of all those who are suffering for whatever reason. We pray for immediate healing in Jesus' name. We ask that you will grant favor upon your servants as they continue to do your will. Renew their bodies, freeing them from the pains, aches, illnesses, and any other conditions that are not of you. We give Satan notice right now that healing is granted by the blood of Jesus and every spirit sent to inflict our bodies shall be destroyed by the power that works in us. Amen. Brothers and sisters, that was uh, the prayer for our uh, joys and concerns today. Um, Please continue to lift your circumstances and your people, your family, your friends in prayer. We, uh, we believe in the power of prayer. We have some beautiful testimonies that will be given um, as, we, as we assemble back as a body. Um, I can't wait for you to hear them. Some healing miracles, uh, stories of God's hand um, from the beginning uh, to, to the very end, which was the healing process. So we just uh, continue to lift everybody up. This morning's message is titled, Love for One Another love for one another. We agreed the season of Advent is a period of both repentance and celebration. Christians around the world spend time in spiritual preparation for the coming of Jesus Christ at Christmas. Believers remember the Lord's first coming to earth as a baby, his continued presence with us today through the Holy Spirit, and the promise of his return. Last week we lit the candle joy we said joy was a deep-seated sense in what God has done, is doing, and will do in our lives, and that joy is meant to be a hallmark of the Christian life. It means paying attention to what is right, and that God is still at work in our family, our community, and in our congregation. We declared Christians should be the most joyful people on earth, no matter what our circumstances are. From Genesis to Revelation, we get a glimpse of who God is and what he desires for us and what he was willing to do and is willing to do to lead us into salvation and spend eternity with him, including, of course, offering his son to die for our sins. <clears throat> Today, we lit the candle of love. The Bible tells us God is love and those who abide in love abide in God and God abides in them. Love is such an integral part of God's plan and purpose that Jesus identified it as the greatest commandment. If you remember, the Pharisees tried to trick Jesus into picking which of the 613 laws was the greatest. We hear his response in Matthew 22, 34-40. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. As Christians, we're called to show our love for one another in a way that lifts up and encourages other believers. Our hope should be that our love also catches the interest and attention of non-believers. Our goal is to make them want what we have. And what we have is Jesus and the promise of spending eternity with him. He also promises to forgive us for our sins when we confess and repent, and a promise to fill us with the Holy Spirit, and an offer to carry our burdens and heal our brokenness. God gives each of us gifts, and we show our love for him when we put those gifts to work in our homes or work in our communities. As a body of Christ, we are members of one family. God is our Father, and we are all brothers and sisters in Christ, and we should love each other as we are loved. The Bible is full of Scripture commanding us to love, but it also teaches us how to love. Ephesians 4.31 instructs us to put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. We're called to love and forgive as God loves and forgives us. Proverbs 17.9 tells us, Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. I don't need to repeat that last part. Just take a look around our country today. We're witnessing levels of hate and violence that I'm I'm not sure I've ever witnessed before. Family against family, neighbors against neighbors. 24-hour news coverage that stirs up more hate and anger. We were not created for this, brothers and sisters. We were created in the image of God and have spent thousands of years erasing that image from our schools, our government, and sometimes in our very homes. We need to see Jesus when we see people, not their faults, not their sins. And we need people to see Jesus when they see us. You see, they see Jesus in us when we serve with love and grace. They see Jesus when we can disagree on world events, but still come together in love and respect. We're called to let the world know we're Christians by our love. We're told love promotes peace because it covers or forgives the faults of others. Love does not hold on to offenses, but covers them up by forgiving those who do wrong. In 1 Peter 4.8, we're commanded to, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. God loves us, so we must love one another. A true Christian, one saved by grace and filled with God's love, must live in love toward God and others. I read somewhere that learning the words of the Lord and then not putting them into action is like reading recipes and not cooking anything. What's the sense? So, the truth test of a Christian's love is not what he or she says, but it's what he or she does, how we live and how we treat other people. We hear this in 1 John 3.18. Dear children, 
Let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. We've all witnessed the hypocrisy of state leaders that command us to stay home and not travel or go out to eat, yet those very same people are caught in public without masks as they directed us. That's what they call a do-what-I-say-not-what-I-do philosophy. We need to be aware that our Christians' life, lives don't mirror that philosophy. We need to not only say it, we need to do it. Is it hard sometimes? Of course it is. But our expression of love and forgiveness and grace should be so attractive, it draws others into the family of God. In a world of trouble and strife and selfishness, our love needs to give people hope. It can give people peace. And if they come to know the Lord, it will give them eternity with Jesus and our Father God. In this morning's readings from 1 Corinthians, called the famous love chapter, the Apostle Paul explained the priority of love over all other aspects of life. In verses 4 through 8, we heard Paul tell the Christians, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Those words on love spoken by Paul are so significant they're quoted in most weddings. And while faith, hope, and love stand above all the spiritual gifts, Paul asserted that the greatest of these is love. We hear these in his words from verse 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. You see, faith and hope will not be needed once we're in the presence of God. But love, love will last forever, for eternity. In some of the most striking verses of the New Testament, we're told a supreme manifestation of love when a person voluntarily gives up his life for a friend. John 15, 13 tells us no one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. This is how we know what love is. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice when he laid down his life for us on the cross. Us means you and me. Jesus laid down his life for you and for me. 1 John 3.16 tells us, We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. I've said this before, brothers and sisters, laying down our lives doesn't necessarily mean dying. It also means forgiving and loving and serving others, even when we don't feel like they deserve it. It means sacrificing our time to check in on people without family. It means making a phone call or sending a text or an email, even when our schedules are full and we feel like we don't have the time. It means we use Jesus Christ as the example and how we treat people and how we talk to people. And yes, we're even called to love our enemies 
and those that do evil against us. Matthew 5, 44-48 commands us to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters... What more are you doing than others? Do not even Gentiles do the same? And we're told again in Luke 6, 27 through 28, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who abuse you. This world is in desperate need of hope. As a body of Christ, we can have an impact as we share our love to others. The command is simple and is found in 1 Corinthians 16, 14. Let all that you do be done in love. Let all that you do be done in love. We can bring hope to this fallen, hurting world. I believe one of the first Bible verses we learned as a child was John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone... Everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Our actions, reactions, and interactions with people can bring others to believe this, just like we do. Let us change the world, starting with our own lives. May we seek the help of the Holy Spirit this week, as he puts the names of people we are to forgive on our hearts. And then may we follow the example of our Lord and Savior and not only forgive them, but love them. Love them like Jesus loves us. Amen. Let us pray. Eternal light, shine into our hearts. Eternal goodness, deliver us from evil. Eternal power, be our support. Eternal wisdom, scatter the darkness of our ignorance. Eternal pity, have mercy upon us. That with all our heart and mind and soul and strength, we may seek your face and be brought by your infinite mercy to your holy presence. You made of one blood all nations that dwell on the face of the whole earth. And you sent your blessed Son to preach peace to them that are far off and to them that are near. Grant that all people everywhere may seek after you and find you. Bring the nations into your fold. Pour out your spirit on all flesh and hasten your kingdom. Let the light of your love always shine in our hearts until we reach our home in heaven and see you on your throne of glory. Holy Jesus, by being born one of us and lying humbly in a manger, you show us how much God loves the world. Help us to love others the same way. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer this morning. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power 
and the glory forever. Amen and amen. God's wisdom is beyond our understanding. He is the source of all goodness, yet we chase after things of this world that do not satisfy. We spend our money foolishly and wonder why we still hunger in spirit. Our Creator calls us to trust Him with our whole heart. May our offerings today reflect our trust in His Word as we give in the name of Jesus Christ, who multiplied the loaves and fish so that everyone had more than their fill. Um, I'd like to thank everybody who's been sending uh, checks into, <clears throat> excuse me, the three churches. I have heard some horror stories about uh, some churches that are having time, a hard time um, financially during this COVID. Uh, but I got to tell you, I am so proud of you all um, for, for being obedient and following uh, Christ's leading and, and what the Holy Spirit tells you. So I just thank you so much for, for supporting uh, the three churches. God bless you all. Let us pray. Gracious and generous God, we offer our gifts to you, knowing full well we've devoted so much more energy into finding gifts for our families and much less than the gifts we offer you. You gave Mary, an unmarried girl, a son so the world might have a savior. Her response was so simple. Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. May her affirmation of faith and obedience be the gift that we offer this day. In Christ we pray. Amen. God chose to do the impossible, to become flesh so that we might find life in the flesh possible. May the very ways we live in the world reflect that God is still dethroning the mighty and filling the hungry. We're called to live the song and sing the promises of God's goodness, Christ's coming, and the Spirit's overshadowing. Now receive the benediction. Go into the world and respond to the love of Christ in all you do. Live out the vision God has given you. And now may God's mercy, grace, and peace be with you. May you be the channels for God's mercy, grace, and peace to the world, wherever you may be. Amen. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, may God bless you and keep you. Please stay safe and stay in his word. God bless.